Welcome to the Grow Old With Me podcast, where we connect our family to yours through openness and vulnerability, while keeping God's truth at the center of our discussions. Welcome back to another episode of Grow Old With Me podcast, and it's been a while since we podcasted, so it's nice that we're back. The school year's almost over, so maybe we'll be more reliable. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Coming up here soon. It's been like a month. Um, But this episode, it's episode 18, we are going to be talking about growing closer to God. And um, I think think when you say follow Jesus, I think it can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. And maybe it doesn't always mean... I think sometimes we think, oh, if we do these things, like if we pray and we read the Bible, like the Sunday school answers, and we go to church, um, that we're going to have what we need. And it's not always a list of things that that we need to do to follow Christ. I think it's, it is a relationship with Him. Yeah. So in this podcast, we'd like to talk about different ways where we can grow closer to Him. And yes, there it is a list, and there there it can be legalisticy, but but we're going to talk about how to get at the heart of the matter, right? In our in our suggestions, yeah, it's kind of here. ironic. I think that we just said like it's not a list. Ultimately, to grow closer to God requires a, a spirit of of listening and obedience, and being willing to um, do what He asks. Like to first be willing to ask God, "What do you want of me?" and then be willing to obey. And I think that could look different to a lot of different people. And yet, uh, we are, we, we've got a little list of things that um, maybe would be kind of foundational or things that I think could apply to nearly everybody. Um, not to say that this is a comprehensive or exhaustive uh, list. Obviously, there are things that are not covered on here that certainly could um, help you grow closer to God. So the first one we had was reading the Bible. And these are in no particular order either. So yeah. it's not like, oh... Number one thing to growing closer to God is reading your Bible. No. Um, but that was the first thing we wrote down. And I think we've been trying to go through the whole Bible. Um, and I think the more I'm coming to the understanding that the more I'm in the Word and the more I, the more I'm in the Word, the more I focus on Him, first off, and second off, the more I understand um, different aspects of God and maybe what would please him and what would displease him. Right. And I think when I'm not in the word, I think all I have is my best guess. Right. Or what everybody else suggests or maybe even how other Christians live, we just accept as, well, that must be what we're supposed to do because that's what other people are doing. And I think um, diving into God's word um, to find out for ourselves um, what it might apply to us, I think, is a, a very good idea. Um, I think, and I'll also link in our in our show notes here some different ways that you can go through the Bible. I think you can go through topically, which I think is a good idea. We watch, we listen to Joyce Meyer podcast, and we watch her broadcast, and she talks about how if you are having jealous feelings, you shouldn't go to like how God blesses us. Um, You should be looking up in the Bible, you know, topics on jealousy and, and how it's handled in the Bible and what, what it says there. Um, Also 
you can go through the Bible. Like, they have these one-year plans or... Or even book of the Bible studies or even um, like different topical studies that you can look at, obviously. But, yeah, you can actually go through the entire Bible um, in different orders in chronologically or book by book or a little bit of uh, Old Testament, a little bit of New Testament, a little bit of Psalm, a little bit of Proverb every single day so you kind of get a, a spattering all through it. There's all sorts of different plans. But ultimately, I think it comes down to... Uh, do we believe that the Bible is God's inspired word that still applies to our lives today? If we think um, that we can follow God without looking at the, the words that he gave us, it, it seems contradictory. It seems like we're, we're really going it alone if we're not willing to read the words that he suggests to us. Yeah. Okay, so then number two on our list was praying. We said... Um, Prayer, I think, is a hard topic, and I I will be the first to admit in my life, I think prayer is a struggle. Yeah. Um, it just, <laughs> I think we're hit at all different angles. I started reading a book that we'll reference in the show notes as well about um, talking to God. It's actually about by a pastor here locally in Sioux Falls. But he talked about how his childhood was kind of like they just did the structured prayers at mealtimes and at bedtimes. And, you know, it's not really, it doesn't really seem like it's a relationship then. It's just this structure added to your day. Okay. <laughs> it's not really like reverencing right. Christ or... I think in, in prayer to even kind of hold a mindset of who it is you're talking to. It's not just a list of words, but you're actually talking to the creator of the universe. And I think to put yourself in that in that spot, um, I think puts you in more of a position of worship instead of maybe just like this set of memorized uh, words all hammered together, but to actually be be imagining and put yourself in the place of, of the throne of God or uh, at the feet of, of God himself. And... and um, I think in that uh, mindset, I think we can kind of more um, freely um, have those words come to us as maybe they, they would, that we actually are talking to God in prayer. And I think the more we pray, the less we feel like we are in control of things. I think the more I give to God in prayer throughout my day, the bigger I feel like he is and the smaller I feel like I am. And that's that's really what we what we want. I mean, we want to be dependent on God and we want to just feel how powerful he is in our lives cuz we <laughs> that's where I feel like I'm the most stressed out when I'm looking around at all of my circumstances. And it happens a lot cuz I'm like I said, I think my prayer life is not always the best. But I think the biggest benefit of having an active prayer life is that we see God as this big powerful creator and we don't have to have to um worry about how things are going to go down because he's in charge and we just have to like ask him what he wants of us and the the next thing I wanted to talk about was I have been convicted also of like just telling people nonchalantly, oh, I'll pray for you about yes. this, and then not following through. Yeah, it's kind of like this Christian cliche kind of thing, like when people say they're having a struggle and they open up and are vulnerable with you to just say, oh, I'll be praying for you. 
Um, and I, I think that is like an easy thing to say. And then it's, I think I, I often wonder if other people are as inconsistent as uh, me and Crystal are. Maybe it's, it's just words, you know, it's not something that we're actually trusting God with. And I referenced an article in there, it's praying as a family, but they had some good ideas in there about taking names and putting them, I think they put them on popsicle sticks and like once a week they'd pull out a name and then they'd, they'd pray over that family that needed prayer. But I started putting a memo in my phone, just kind of looking over all the people I can think of. And then I think sometimes a lot of people need prayer and then you kind of forget along the way. So at least I know they're all written down in one place that I can add or subtract if needed. Yeah. Um, but I think that is something that I've been convicted on is not following through on on people's prayer requests. Yeah. And I had a friend that her dad was ill and she said that was a big thing they noticed when he was ill was, you know, how much they forgot to pray for other people when they said they were going to and then how much they hoped that others wouldn't forget right. when they told them that they were praying for him. So I think that's a big important factor in giving giving that to God there. I think part of um, alleviating that is also to make sure we have a purposeful time set apart specifically for prayer, sometime in your day to just make sure that this is when I'm going to be praying, but not just leave it there, but to make sure that we have our thoughts on God so that um, as he puts things on our heart throughout the day, that we're just willing to just drop things right there and say a prayer on the spot. So like Peter said, having a time set aside for prayer during the day is important. Um, but I think what we do at that time as well yeah. is an important factor. Um, we were, uh, we were listening to a Joyce Meyer again, and she said that she is actually joyful when like, she'll sit in the mornings and kind of listen to God and kind of try to get a feel for what he wants her to do for the day and where, where her relationship is at with him. And she says that she feels joyful when he convicts her of something <laughs> because she doesn't want to be the person that she was. Right. Nobody wants to stand still and be the same person you've always been. But I, do we really get excited about the, the correction that comes? Right. And I don't know if I'm fully at that. Oh, thank you, God, for correcting me. But I, I think I know that I am a sinner and I sin on a daily basis. And I do want God to... Um, to correct me and I think we find those corrections in our quiet times with him when we are sitting and reflecting on our relationship with him and I feel like he does reveal to us when we have stepped out of that of that relationship yeah I agree I think that the listening to God's conviction in our in our quietness with him is something that he can definitely use to help us grow closer to him um, I think another thing uh, even in that prayer time um, throughout the day or at the end of the day is, is to be purposeful in, in having a time of, of repentance and asking for forgiveness. Um, I, I think there's two ways of looking at this. Obviously, we, we've already been forgiven um, when, when Jesus died on the cross and, and, and we accepted his gift. like That forgave us to the rest of our lives. But at the same time, we still sin. And I think part of us um, turning away from that sin and pursuing God wholeheartedly is to admit to him when we do sin um, as the first step toward toward turning from it and, and going the other direction. So I think it's important that we acknowledge our sin to him and, and then make a purposeful effort to turn away. And I think we want to remember that he's going to forgive us. I mean, Jesus died on the cross so that we would be forgiven. So when we go to him in that 
base. It's not like human beings where we can ask for forgiveness and they might reject us. Right. If we are truly repentant, God is going to accept our apology and forgive us. Um, so I think just going there and making sure our hearts are what they need to be and they're, they're not... Um, yeah, they're just turned towards Christ. Yeah, and I think that's really where some some healing can occur is is when we can be honest in that space and vulnerable before God. That's when He can actually use our or like mold our hearts more close to Him and and put us on a pathway that that marks what His passion would be. Is when we're willing to repent of the things that we've done that's contrary to what He's wanting us for us. Um, the next thing we had was having Christian encouragers around you and being a Christian encourager to others. So essentially, this is what church should look like for us. We should go out during the week and, you know, spend time and effort living for Christ because it is. It is a lot of time and effort, and I feel like we do need to be encouraged in it. And we need, we need to encourage others in their faith walk. So um, essentially, if you don't have this in a church, it'd be nice if you could find a small group or... Or some, or even like a pair of friends, or one close friend who you know is is very genuinely pursuing Jesus Christ and wants their life to look just like His. And so, someone who can then see what Jesus is demanding of them, and then you can see them running too toward Jesus and say, "Wow, boy, that's kind of the passion fervor that's going to get me going and follow Him as well." So, as we want that for ourselves, then the other encouragement is. Well, let's make sure we're offering that same passion of pursuit of Jesus Christ to others so that they can see us running toward him. And then the next thing we had was removing idols from our life. And I think that that one is is tough because I think we that goes along with the examining our hearts and like letting God, the Holy Spirit kind of convict yes. us. of. But I think we have idols in our life that we <laughs> have no idea probably are even idols. Yeah. Um. And I think God, I think those are the times if we're feeling really distant from God, it's either we probably have a lot of unrepentant sin or, well, having idols in our heart, I guess, is yeah. <laughs> unrepentant sin. Yeah. But I think a lot of times these idols can block us from God. And and if we're feeling distant from him, then we should probably examine what it is in our life that that is blocking us. Right. Yeah, I, I think just to maybe give you an idea of what we're talking about, I mean, obviously no one's thinking at this point that anyone's really got like a, a wooden image that they worship in their house. But but obviously we've kind of talked through some of this in our podcast before, but uh, the way we spend our time and what, what really captures our hearts and our attention and our thoughts and our money, that is a good indication of where our treasure is. Um, and some of those things I think in our culture obviously is maybe money itself or our job or our prestige or power. I think those are more man things. Um, but another one, I think honestly an idol, and it's even been true in my life is, is our, our pursuit of a sports team, um, how we follow sports or want to pursue sports so wholeheartedly that, um, that can become an idol. It can become a distraction from what God wants for us. And that's, we listened to a sermon by David Platt on that whole Deal. So we'll link to that in our in the show notes. But I really feel like that is something. If we're feeling distant from God, that's one of the first questions we should ask ourselves: is what is in my life that is blocking yeah. me from God? And and take that off. I think Paul says something about taking off everything that easily entangles us, so we can run the race that God's 
called us toward. Um, and that's part of it is anything that's getting in the way of us pursuing him wholeheartedly, that, that could be an idol. We need to, we need to get rid of that and, and flee from it. Um, the next one is grow through experience. So if we feel like God is telling us to do something, then we need to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and then when we do it, it's like, and a lot of times it involves a risk. So I think taking that risk, yeah. taking that leap of faith, stepping out there and letting God catch us when we do is a really great way to grow closer to Christ and, and I, to trust him. I think the more we do that, the more willing we are to take a bigger risk next time because we've seen God catch us on some of the small things. I think when you look at those those people who you see making huge risks, things that don't fit in with the culture at all, spending a lot of money or putting their families in third world countries or um, sharing their faith. Those are the Christians, I think, who are faithful with the little thing and taking little risks. And they've seen that God caught them. And they're now willing as a result of seeing how God took care of them and the little things to take the bigger risks. So I think we can certainly learn um, or grow closer to God by taking those risks. And the last one we had was thinking about heaven in our everyday life. Because we are a mist here on earth. This is not um, our ultimate ending. Our ultimate ending is heaven. And I think that's something that we should be looking forward to. And that's something that we should be reflecting on in our daily lives. I think we've thought about... I th it's not something I've actually really thought about a lot in my life. Like on a daily basis, I don't know how often I think of what happens when my life is over, but mm -hmm. it is something we should be thinking about because our lives are going to be over quicker than we can even imagine. Yeah. I think ultimately too, we want to make sure then that if we have a heavenly perspective, we'll obviously keep, we'll keep things in perspective in the proper places because I think we, we work so hard to build up treasures on earth. Um, and, and if we kept that heavenly perspective, we'd be so less inclined to do that because we'd realize that in just a short time when, when we die, that's all for nothing. It's all worthless or meaningless. And the only thing that really is meaningless on our time, or that actually is worthwhile on our time here on earth is, is um, bringing glory to God. But, but I think what does that is, is keeping in mind that the only thing that is going to, to matter at that point is, is the destination of people's souls. So keeping a, a heart and a, and a fervor for the lost, I think, is definitely um, something that um, we need to keep our minds on because eternity is resting on how we live here. Yep. And I think that's a good indicator of our relationship with Christ. If we are dreading dying or the end of our life and we're not looking forward to heaven, I think maybe we should do some reflecting and think, like, where am I at with Christ? Because this should be a big, exciting deal for us to go to heaven. Right. So that is all we have. But again, we really hope that these help you draw near to Christ. And again, it's not it's not a list. It's it's a way for you to grow closer to him relationally. James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. The only thing standing in the way of a real and exciting relationship with God is our own selfishness and unwillingness to draw near to him. So. Let's make it our aim to pursue God wholeheartedly. Let's pursue Christ with such passion and earnestness that we echo Paul's words to the Philippians. I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish 
that I may gain Christ.